Let's come together, find our seats. I meant to say, um, too, you may have a word of encouragement for Meredith. Go get her. Go get her later. Go get her later um, after, after service. We're going to do a lot of that today. Um, but we're going we're gonna to dig in today. Today's plan is a little different than we expected it to be. Um, it is daylight savings time, and I saw a meme going around. Did you see this one? said, pastors, it's daylight savings, so you can preach an extra hour. <laughs> is that right? Is that right? Oh, wow. You guys are amazing. I'm actually not going to, but you're, <laughs> you're, you're in luck. Actually, my, my goal today is very different. I'm, I'm hoping to share, we'll call it a devotional for about 15 minutes, and then we're going to do some special ministry to one another. Um, those of you that have been around or may have heard that we were planning to have this week in a conference um, with a special friend, Kirk Bennett, from the International House of Prayer in Kansas City. Uh, hey, I said that good. Um, he's unable to come, and maybe you've heard there's been some controversy swirling around the founding uh, leader, Mike Bickle, there, and so it's just a little too much for him right now, and we, of course, understood, but um, that leaves us with a little different plan. So I will say, uh, you know, it's, it's crazy. So, of course, I planned coming into this weekend that Kirk was going to come, and so I had no plan. Like, Kirk's going to do all the heavy lifting. I just got to show up and love Jesus. And uh, Tuesday we found out that was not the case. So, um, but the Lord's still with us, you know. And so, but, but I want to mention about that because there, there are lots of times where things happen, like a week, the week before on Thursday, just, just walk with me for a minute. The week before on Thursday, I'm on the phone with Kirk. And Kirk has history with our church. He's been here twice at least, maybe three times. And we've consulted with him at different times. Um, he's just been like a, a, a fatherly voice. And sometimes just the word of the Lord has come to him, through him to us in a powerful way. And so we're just like great relationship there. So I'm on the phone with him. We're really enjoying it. And there's just like these little things we're sharing that felt like winks from God, like, oh man. He's like, you can't preach that, but at least we know the Lord's with us, you know. And so that's Thursday. And we're like excited. We're talking about what he feels like the Lord's impressing on his heart. And then Friday, the news breaks out down there that like all kinds of allegations come. And uh, long story short, all of our plans change. And so that, that's a little dis, disorienting, right? Because for me, I, as a leader here, had kind of planned the fall around this conference. You know, in April, uh, we, there we had a stirring, hey, maybe we should invite Kirk back. He's like, yeah, I want to come. We set the date. And so the fall, we've been going through the Way of Jesus series, and, and we're going to do this, and it's going to lead us right up to the conference. And I'm expecting the Lord's going to deliver something sweet at the conference, and we'll take that as the, the launch to the next phase. So I literally, my plan was to build up to that and see what the Lord will do. <laughs> and now there's no that. Uh, so he, here we are. Um, and, and that is a little disorienting, and, and again, I share this story not to, to gain sympathy, like it's no, no big deal in one sense, but when you feel like God's in something, and then it doesn't, that's, that's a crazy place to be, right? So what do you do, right? What, what do you do when something, it feels like you see the signs in the hands of God, and then something else happens? Well, you just lean in. You just lean in again. God's not surprised, you know, he was in it, and he's in it now. You know, we may not know the plans, 
but he knows the plans. So what do we do when things don't turn out the way we think they would, even in the will of God? We lean in. And I think the Lord's inviting us all to that. Not just me, because like my plan was centered on that. All of us, to, to lean into him. And maybe the message, too, uh, is not to expect someone else to do the heavy lifting for you in Jesus, but for you to get to lean in to Jesus for yourself. Um, you know, we will, maybe, hopefully, we're, we're wanting to have him in later. I'll just put that out there. Um, we don't know when that will happen, but it's, it's, in the, it's on the back burner for now. But at the end of the day, we, we all get to lean into Jesus. And uh, it can be easy at times to let someone else to do it for you. Right? If you're married, well, I know my spouse is, is listening to the Lord, or I hope my pastor is, you know, blah, blah, blah. At the end of the day, we all have to learn to lean into Jesus and hear from him ourselves. Amen? So is God still moving? Yes. Is he inviting us into what he's doing? Yes. Maybe we, we just need to realize that at the end of the day, it's not about our plan, it's not about a person, it's not about a conference, it's about him. Letting him use little old us, you and, you and me. I appreciate that God uses people, and he's used, again, Kirk many times, but same Jesus, same Jesus in you, same Jesus in you that's in Kirk Bennett. Um, I feel like the Lord would say, you don't need, you know, that one person, but I need all of you to say yes to me. I think that's what the Lord would say. So I'm going to share um, just a little bit from the word, uh, just, again, a devotional, I would call it, from Psalm 84, um, and I'm really hoping to keep that short, because what we want to do with the other half of our time is um, something that was supposed to be a part of the conference weekend, is Saturday afternoon was set aside to do personal prophetic ministry, which is simply... Um, Listening to God and blessing one another. What you saw me do with Meredith. How many of you thought that was great? How many of you would like that for you? That's what we're going to do. All right. So uh, it's so easy and you don't, you know, you're already here. You already plan to be here. You already plan to be in church. You already plan to listen to Jesus. Um, your kids, if you have kids, will be in kids' church. It's so easy. There's, there's every reason to say yes. That being said, um, and we'll talk about it a little more at the end, but if you're not comfortable, if you're like, hey, you cornered me, I didn't want that, I didn't ask for that, I just want to come and sit and listen to the word and leave. We love you, and you're welcome to leave at that point. You can leave now. I mean, no one, no one, I mean, for all that's worth, nobody locked the doors, and I promise not to be offended. All right, just, I just want everyone to have freedom. Like, it's, it's a tension for me. I'm like, why, do you, why would you not want to be blessed? On the other hand, I don't know you, and I want you to be free. So be free. Jesus loves freedom. He loves to set you free. Uh, Psalm 84, open it up. Um, we're going to dig in. I've already used way too much time talking. So as we get in, I'm going to pray two things. I'm going to pray for us in the word. But uh, can we also pray for the International House of Prayer in Kansas City? Uh, today um, as we dive in. Father, we thank you for your presence with us, for your goodness, your kindness. We thank you for Jesus and his blood that makes us yours. Well, we ask, um, Lord, that you would grace us as we open up your word with a spirit of wisdom and revelation. God, that you cause us to know you better, that we would encounter you as we open your word. We also listen up, list up our brothers and sisters in uh, Kansas City, those are part of the International House of Prayer there, God. You know all things. You know what's going on there. Um, 
And Lord, we just lift them up and say, have your way. Have your way. Release the kingdom of God. Release righteousness, peace, and joy. Um, We pray for uh, the Holy Spirit to be near, the light of God to shine, the face of God to shine. We pray that out of your glorious riches, this is from Ephesians 3, you would strengthen every person there with power through your spirit in their inner being that Christ and Christ alone will dwell in their hearts through faith during this time. We pray for a quick, um, a quick process here in terms of the facts. We pray for a deep work in terms of the healing that needs to be done in every heart. God, we pray that none of your plans and purposes would be short-circuited in any way, shape, or form on any level. God, and at the end of the day, your name would get all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, Psalm 84. It'll be up here on the, on the, the projector as well. I'm going to read verses 1 through 8. Psalm 84. How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. My soul yearns, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home, and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may have her young, a place near your altar. Lord Almighty, my King and my God. Verse 4. Blessed are those who dwell in your house, They are ever praising you. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on a pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. Verse 7, we're going to end on verse 7, sorry. They go from strength to strength until each appears before God in Zion. Now, if you're like me and have been in the church in the last 20, 30 years, you immediately think of that song, right? How lovely is your dwell? Just me, okay. Um, oh, thank you, thank you. Um, <laughs> this is such a cool song. You know it's a song, right? It's not just a song that somebody wrote in the 20, 20th century. This is a song that, that was written. The Psalms are all, all songs. And this song is interesting to me. We begin in this place where the, the author is saying, my soul yearns and faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. There's this sound of desperation. You see that? It, it's a cry. It's like, how lovely is your dwelling place? If, if, only, if only I could be there. I so long. I see how much I lack and how much I long to be there with you. Because there, even the sparrow has home. Everything's provided for. And then it takes, so we go from like this yearning, fainting, longing, desperation to this place of praising and feasting and going from strength to strength. Strength is found. Deserts become springs. They go from face to face and they're always praising you. What happened? How, how do we get from yearning and fainting and longing and, and our weakness to praising and strength and rejoicing? How, how do we get there? It's when we come to the place of realizing it's not our strength. It's not in us. It's as, as a verse in Ze- Zechariah, I believe it says, not by might, not by power, but by your spirit. 
says the Lord, by my spirit, says the Lord. And it's when we turn from ourself and our situation, the focus there is I'm longing, I'm yearning, I'm fainting, I'm weak, I, I, I wish for something I don't have, but when you, the attention is then turned to the one, strength comes, praise comes, blessing comes, and we go from yearning to rejoicing. And what makes the difference here? Verse four is the turning point. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. Speaking to God, right? Speaking to God the Father. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. We'll bring it down. Let's, let's make this real simple. How about you? Who lives in your house? Your family? This is not rocket science. Who lives in your house? Your family? All right, so who lives in God the Father's house? His family. So if you know Jesus and you're a son or daughter of God, guess where you live? In his house. It's not a place you need to hope you get to. You've already been brought in. The moment you said yes to Jesus, you were put in the house. And this really is a description of the longing of every human heart for the Lord. But many times, even as believers, we feel like we're on the outside looking in. Oh, I long for, I wish I had more. And the Lord says, you're already my son, my daughter. You're in the house. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. Blessed are those who are part of the family. And you are, if your faith is in Jesus, you are in the family. You are in the house. The only one who takes you out is you. If you decide to leave, God doesn't kick anyone out. Okay? He doesn't say, go out there and learn a lesson. See how good you have it. It's the prodigal son that runs out. Right? Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. We get the idea that we're outside the house because we land in places where we're trying to live from our own strength. Or we're in disbelief about the goodness of God towards us. And we put ourselves outside the house and outside of his abundance, outside of his provision, because we think we don't deserve it. Or we think we have to earn our way in. But it's none of that. It's none of that. It's simply the fact that we belong to him. The abundance of his house is his. And of course, when you're living with God, and that's what makes the difference, is when we're living with God in God, when we're walking with God on a daily basis, our testimony and our reality is, I am blessed. I live in his house. Therefore, I praise him. When we're not walking with him, when we're living distant from him, we're not keeping connection and simply relating to him, that's when we feel the longing. That's when we feel the thirsting, we feel the fainting because we're not eating at his table simply by walking with him daily. We just walk with him. We just relate to him. But it's even more than that. And I'm going to keep moving. Like I said, it's short. There's so much to say. So that we go from longing to fainting to belonging in the house of God, being sons and daughters of God, to praising, experiencing the abundance of the house. Blessed, the blessed life is knowing the Lord. Did you know that? The blessed life is walking with God. It's knowing the Father. It's having Jesus as your elder brother. It's the best life. It is the blessed life. The word of God promises it so. But there's even more. And I want to tell you, this is your story. If you're a believer, you're not a pauper in the kingdom. You're not a beggar at the doorway of God. You're not. You never have been. You never will be. God takes the paupers out of the street and puts them in his house forever. Okay? You should never feel like that. If you have that sense, you're either believing a lie or you're not really relating to him the way you're supposed to. 
you're not walking with him on a daily basis, and it's, it's so easy because the blood of Jesus has paved the way. He's washed you, and he's opened the door. That's all you can do. But so you find your strength in him, verse 5. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. Blessed are those who, uh, whose strength is in you. We find strength in him, and our heart is set on this pilgrimage of knowing him. So we, we go from longing and fainting to praising and feasting and finding strength, but there's even more if you keep walking through the psalm. Blessed are those whose strength is you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage as they pass through the valley of Baca, or Baca, they make it a place of strength. Stop. What's that? Anybody know? What is the valley of Baca? Weeping. You got a footnote there in the Bible? Those are helpful. Yeah, and actually the funny thing is, uh, with this psalm, they don't actually know if that's actually a physical geographical location. So most likely, this is referring to passing through places of weeping. Passing through places of mourning, desert places, desolate places, pieces, places that don't feel blessed. So these blessed people, oh wait, that's you, who know God, walk with God, live in his house, have strength from God, and something happens in their lives that they're not beggars, but even more so, there's a turnaround shift that wherever they go, there's a change in the atmosphere. There's a change in the culture. There's a change in the environment. Because what happens says, as they, as you, when you find yourself walking through places that are full of weeping and mourning and desolation, gosh, I mean, there's a lot of that in our world right now. There's a lot of things that just aren't right. They aren't the kingdom. They aren't the ways of God. And we find ourselves walking through them every day. And sometimes the temptation in our flesh is to be weighed down. Oh, it's such a dry place. It's such a desolate place. There's so many terrible things happening in the world. But the testimony of the word Word of God says that our experience should be that because we're here, it changes. Because you're walking in the strength of the Lord, if there's strife in your family, if there's weeping in your situation, it should become a place of springs because you're there. Why? Because he's in you. Because he lives with you. And wherever you go, there he is. His strength is there. Is this making sense? And so instead of thinking, oh, no, what's happening, what's surrounding me, what's going on in, in our world today is, but I am living with the king. I walk with the king. And there may be a place of weeping, but God's will is to turn it into a place of springs. It's to turn the weeping place in a place of righteousness, to turn the desert place in a place of fruitfulness. Is this making sense Any, to anyone? You find strength in him, not just for you, but you become a strength to the world around you. This is your reality. This is your truth. Because you are his, because you're rich in strength, you become a change agent. And this is what we need to get in, in our heart reality. That what's happening around you doesn't have to determine what's going on inside of you. Or to put it the other way, your internal condition is not dictated to you by the world around you. Does that make sense? There's a lot going on in the world around you, but you're connected to something bigger, something better, something unchanging, and it's the Father. Is this making sense? So your internal condition is not dictated by your external circumstances. On, actually, on the flip side, it goes like this. Your internal reality that you get to walk with the Father in the land of the living should change your external circumstances should bring a change to the people you relate to at your work, in your neighborhood, in your family. The reality that you're walking in his house should bring blessings, should bring springs, 
should turn weeping into rejoicing. Is this making sense? Because the fullness of life is in him. It's in him. And he doesn't waver. He doesn't change. He doesn't ebb and flow. He's always flowing. His goodness is always there. He doesn't change everything we sing today, right? He came to give us life and life more abundantly, not just for you, but for the world around you. He came to give you life and life more abundantly, so you become a fountain to the world around you. But the truth is, many times we don't feel that, do we? We feel, we feel oh, man, I just don't feel like I have it in me. I feel like I'm empty. I feel like I'm lacking. I don't feel like I'm over overflowing. And the question is, why? Because this is the word of God. This is the truth, and God doesn't lie. Would you agree with that? Well, then something shut you down, right? Because I like to imagine that God and, and his goodness and his love are like a faucet that was turned full on, and he broke off the handle. Jesus said that, right? Then when you, when you come to him, that he will be, the, the spirit of God in you is like that fountain of living water that flows out of you. Like, you get attached to the faucet, Right? And he's flowing, and he never stops. So if the blockage is there's a blockage, and you feel empty, or you feel frustrated, you feel like it's not flowing, then where did it stop? Many times we shut off the faucet in our own hearts because we met with offense. We got frustrated. We got shut down. We had a, a situation that didn't turn out how we wanted. We shut it off. Because, wait, this isn't working the way I thought it should. Or we, we believe that we have enough. We have enough, and I just don't think I can do more. So we shut, off, we shut it off. And then we wonder why we feel not as alive. We wonder why we feel an emptiness when the promise of God is fullness. And the Lord would say, well, you can make a choice to turn the faucet back on. Knock the crust off that thing. Get it flowing again. Sometimes that's the thing. Sometimes that we feel the limitation of our own capacity. We feel, I just, I, you know, I'm, I'm a parent. <laughs> I got kids. I got stuff going on in my life. Maybe you're a student. Maybe you're living as a missionary. Maybe you're a grandparent. There's always lots of life happening. Am I right? I always feel like, I just don't know that I, I can do anything more. Um, I just don't know that I have room for more. And I get it, because we are limited in our strength, but we're not talking about our strength, right? We're talking about strength to strength from the Lord. And sometimes what we need is another container. You may know the story of the, uh, the widow and the prophet Elijah. You know this one? You should look it up. So she was poor. She, she was destitute. She didn't have anything. And she cried out to the prophets of the day, and she said, I don't have anything. God's not helping me. What do I do? And the prophet says, go get all the containers you have. Because all she had was one little vial of oil. Just one. It was all she had to live on. And they're going to say, take that vial and pour it out. That's like me saying, how, mu how much do you have left in your bank? Just $10. I just have $10 in my bank account. Find a place to give it away. You'd be like, that's terrible financial advice. I'm not going to do that. And that's literally her position. But when God's on your side and he says, get some containers, he says, take the little you have and start pouring it out. Guess what happened for her? You know the story, don't you? Every container she got was filled, supernaturally with oil, but it didn't happen. It didn't happen suddenly like, oh, we got the containers and boom, they're full. She had to take what she had. 
She had to pour it in. And when she started pouring, it started pouring, and it didn't stop. You got another container, and it didn't stop. Got another container, 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 and filled it. And we're out of containers, and guess what? It's done. You know what she, she can do with that is sell that. But once she sells that, once she uses that, she's out of provision again. But what if she kept getting containers? Okay? So many of us have been in places where, well, I poured out all I have. The Lord says, maybe you need another container. Because I tell you, God won't leave you lacking. He won't leave you lacking in strength or provision. Think of the feeding of the 5,000. I'm going to bring this to a close because it's my time. I set my timer. When the disciples are there and Jesus is going to feed the 5,000, they breathe the five loaves of two fish and they bring it before the Lord and they break it. And you know what? It's just five loaves and two fish and he sends them with the five loaves and two fish. That's all they have. And when does it multiply? It's when they go to the people and suddenly it's not running out. All we have is five loaves and two fish. Now, what would it be like if, you know, they're going out and they're serving the multitudes, they get to see this miracle and God's multiplying the bread and fish and everybody got some, this is amazing. And the disciples sitting back there and like, this is so awesome, but I'm so hungry. That would be sad, wouldn't it? Did he leave them hungry? There were baskets full left over. Do you get what I'm saying here? We think we say yes to serving the Lord. We say yes to another cup. We say yes to an opportunity to pour out that we will be left wanting. And I tell you, the disciples did not go hungry on that day. If you give yourself to being a blessing, letting the fountain pour through you, you will actually get more. And if you're struggling in a place where you feel empty, you feel dry, you feel like, I just don't have enough, maybe the answer is opposite to what we naturally think, which is to withdraw, to hang on, to back up, wait till suddenly something from somewhere feels different. Hint, hint, it almost never does. But say, Lord, would you, would you give me a container? Would you give me an opportunity? And if you give me an opportunity, it'll be scary, but I'll take the little strength that I feel like I have and I'll turn on the faucet. And you know what's going to happen when you do that? Suddenly you'll be filled again because he'll start flowing again. And you'll be like, I need another container. I need another basket. I need another way. I need another person around me that I could just be a blessing to. And where did I get all this strength? Where did I get all this capacity? I thought I was so busy and full and I have no time, but somehow I just feel the abundance of life. All you got to do is in faith, take the little bit that you have. Well, I just have this little bit. I just have this little bit. I don't know about you, but I want to be one who, when I walk through a place of weeping, it doesn't stay there. It doesn't stay weeping. If that's the testimony of who we are as God's people, that's, that's where I want to live. I think that's where you want to live. It's called the kingdom of God, and the kingdom of God isn't lacking. It's not waiting for the next external thing to change. It's tapping into the one that never stops. It's tapping into the one who's always moving, tapping into the one who's always loving. This is the greatness, greatness of the kingdom. We need it, and the world needs it. Amen? We, we need what he has. So wherever you're at right now, I'm going to pray for us, and then we're going to transition. I want a couple minutes over my plan. Wherever you're at, I want you to believe God's making you a spring. He wants you to open the faucet so that things around you change. Maybe you're not waiting on God, but he's waiting on you. 
If we'll submit to his spirit, submit to his strength, we'll see the change we want to see. Can we pray together? I just invite you right where you are. Put your hands out if you're willing. Say, Lord, I, I will surrender in faith. I will believe that this is your plan for me. This is your plan for my life. Actually, I'm just going to take one moment, actually, and, and just wait. Because if there are things that, that have caused you to close up, to clam up, then your next step of faith is, Lord, I need to give you that thing. I need to give you that moment. I need to give you that offense. I need to give you that frustration. I need you to, to heal my heart where it was hurt. And that's the first item of business. So if that's you, just give it to him right now. And it may be a process, but you can start right here and say, Lord, I should give it to you. I trust you. And just declare, it's not in my strength. It's not about me. It's not about what I can do. It's about who you are. It's about what you want to do. It's about how you choose to live with me. I surrender it to you. All right, and for all of us then, we put our hands out, Lord. We say, Lord, would you show us where the next vessel is, the next opportunity. Lord, we want to be the blessing that you are to us. God, we want to partner with your fountain of love that never runs dry. God, we want the joy of overflowing all the time and never running dry. God, we say we surrender. We will obey, and we will be like you. We'll live to give. We'll live to serve, because this is the abundant life. I pray you give us soft and willing hearts. God, I pray you'd fill us with the joy of our salvation. Lord, and I prophesy that as we do, every person in this room will go from strength to strength to strength to strength to strength to strength until we meet you face to face. Your will for every person here is to go from your strength to your strength to your strength to your strength to experience greater measures of your strength every day of their life. Lord, may every hindrance be removed, every blockage be taken out of the way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen? All right, so we have a few minutes left. We want to take the last 15 minutes. And again, if, if you don't want it, you don't want it, that's fine. We'll make a transition, and you can quietly um, excuse yourself into the foyer of fellowship. But I know kids are still in kids' class, so this is a great time. We're going to take a time um, around the room. We're going to just set up.